0: Going. Good, evening. Good, evening. Good evening. Welcome to Wednesday evening chapel. Everybody lo- enjoying the Colorado sunshine outside? Yes. Uh, Amen. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin. It was Wisconsinite enjoying the enjoying the weather. We have a special guest with us this evening. Uh, his name is Dave Pendleton. He is a chaplain in the Air Force. He is Lieutenant Colonel by rank. I don't ever know which title comes first so he does all that chaplain 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 lieutenant colonel Dave Pendleton he's a 1988 graduate of Nazarene Bible College so he has been where you are he has served as a youth pastor as a uh, church planner uh, interested and passionate about uh, helping people Further, the call that God has placed on their lives. So, He's going to help us as uh, we are being transformed into Christ's likeness. So, say that phrase with me, would you? We are being transformed into Christ's likeness. One more time. We are being transformed into Christ's likeness. Even on a snowy Wednesday, that's possible. Uh, I've I got to make my way over there, so you, would you stand and let's sing? Everything we have, everything we are, we owe to you, we give to you again. You are worthy, you are holy, you are matchless, we give you praise. And we thank you for allowing us to serve you. We thank you for the reality that we can be transformed into Christ-likeness. I thank you that you make it so. And now we pray that you will help us hear your word through your servant for your sake and the sake of those who don't know you yet. We pray it in your name, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated.
1: God has given us this task of reconciling people to him, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation, so we are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal to others through us. Now it's been my experience that there are very few ministry moments when we actually get to witness that. I mean moments when we really feel like we are ambassadors for Christ. I uh, after twenty wonderful meaningful years as a Nazarene clergyman. I um, made a decision because of a sacramental journey I've been on in my heart. It's certainly nothing wrong with you Nazarenes. Well, um, some of you, anyway. Uh, I've just been on a long journey and decided that I probably should align myself with a faith tradition that is more sacramental in its practice. So a year and a half ago I was ordained as an Anglican priest. So I'm still a good Wesleyan, maybe even more so than most of you. Um, As such, part of our worship is we celebrate the Lord's Supper every time we come together. And I had a recent experience when I was serving a celebrant at the church that I'm a part of Uh, people come down and they kneel at the altar and we serve them the the bread or the host and the cup and when I put the host in his hands I use the words or something to this effect the body of Christ broken for you for the forgiveness of your sin and I put my hand on his shoulder and looked at him and said bless you my friend I had lunch this week with that gentleman I didn't know it, but he reminded me of that story, and he said to me, I've been really having a difficult time forgiving myself for all the evil in my life. I believe God's forgiven me, but I'm having trouble forgiving myself until you, at the kneeler, put your hand on my shoulder, offered me the body of Christ to remind me of his forgiveness." I left that place forgiving myself and being free. I think there are very few of those moments that happen in our ministry life. I like them and perhaps if there were more of them we wouldn't appreciate them as much. I wonder if that had something to do with the Apostle Paul's words in Ephesians through Eugene Peterson's The Message when he said, This is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ, for being an ambassador for Christ. Having taken up the cause of you outsiders, so-called, I take it that you're familiar with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. I got the inside story on this from God himself as I just wrote you in brief. As you read over what I have written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this, and only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of this new order. Now the apostle knew what deep down inside you and I do, that God has come to us in Jesus and dwelt among us offering the gift of salvation from our sin not for the Jew only but for the Gentile. Those whom Eugene Peterson refers to as the outsiders. Now I find it really interesting because to me when I read that it implies that those of us who have already trusted Christ for our salvation we could be the insiders. He goes on, the mystery is that Paul, people who have never heard of God, and those who have heard of him all their lives, what I've been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, the same help, the same promises in Christ Jesus. This message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board everyone. Now, those of us who make up the church, you know, the insiders, we understand this. What we misunderstand sometimes is it's not meant to be some sort of elitism. You know what I mean? Like, I am in and you are not. You know? The message of God's salvation in Jesus is a gift for the whole world. That's right. But here's what sometimes happens in the church world. Sometimes it happens to us insiders, if you will. So even without knowing it or realizing it. The joy of discovering Jesus has a tendency after a while to only be lived out among us, between us. And before long, we become consumed in each other's lives and no longer have relationship with what Paul referred to as outsiders. In fact, in some cases, all our relationships, all our activities All our charity is defined by and lived out in the context of the church. Dangerous. And I cannot see it in the gospel. Paul said, this is my life work. Helping people understand and respond to the gospel. It came as a sheer gift to me. A real surprise. I just want to go, you think, Paul? God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way. A growing population, by the way. People who have no background in God's way. I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians, and God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my own natural abilities. Folks, I think, I think as it was with Paul, so it is with us. I think. All of this is a gift from God who again brought us back to himself through Christ and God has given us for whatever crazy reason this task of reconciling people to him. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them, and I wonder, then why would we then? And then he gives us this wonderful message of reconciliation. God is making his appeal for the likeness of people like you and me, so we speak for Christ when we plead to the outsider, come back to God. But what I wonder is, how do we do this if we don't have relationship with outsiders? How do we do this if, if, if we do not spend time with, do life with, what Paul referred to and Eugene Peterson interpreted as, people who have no background in God's way? I get it, church. I do. I get it. Doing life with those who share our faith and affirm our belief in Jesus is enriching. I mean I like being with you I enjoy this I don't know if you're having a good time but I'm having a great time I understand it but I think one reason one reason why we are the church and we gather like we do week in and week out is so that we can worship God and be empowered for life out there. That's right. now, our liturgy, and what I, what I mean by that is the way we choose to express God's worth, okay? We have liturgy here tonight. It's the way we choose to express God's worth. Now, I love that. And I think a lot of it is designed to help us live our lives among those who have no background in God's way. Again, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal to others through you and me. How does that happen when we are busy counting people's sins against them? while failing to see our own sin when we refuse to do life among them. I am in, you are not. In other words, when do we move, church, from merely hearing the gospel to becoming the gospel? which some of the church would want to ask, well, Dave, what are you talking about? I mean, the church has become more evangelical now than ever before. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about developing church programs and dumbing down the gospel to reach the unchurched, and neither is Paul. This isn't about seeker sensitivity. The good news of God in Jesus, the gospel, was never to create programs, but to make disciples and while programs can help facilitate that, making disciples requires significant personal investment in the lives of other people, sacrifice. The message of Jesus affirmed by the Apostle today was always about being the gospel, and that is not necessarily defined by what we do not do and who we choose to stay away from. Look, I understand personal piety, and God knows I could use a lot more of it. But I'm concerned for the church that we may get lost in it. I learned this lesson the hard way when I was here. And thanks for saying the year dude, man, like that 22 years ago, I'm old and I'm not going to do the little reminiscing thing but I could tell you stories so I loved it here, I loved it here, great formative years, great. If you don't see it now you will. I was working as what they call an Air Reserve Technician at the 302nd. Uh, it was CAMS then in, that, in those days, Consolidated Aircraft Maintenance Squadron. What is it now, Ron? What do they call it? What's it called now, Ron? MXS? What is it? Maintenance? Um, I was a fairly new follower of Jesus. I had just enlisted in the Air Force. I had done my four years. and came to faith and was pursuing a call to ministry, moved my wife and my family here to go to school. And I'm driving to work at seven o'clock in the morning, I'm driving to work and I'm yelling at God, I'm just angry. Because I thought, you know, I'm done working in the, you know, the secular world and now I just want to work in the church if I only knew then what I knew now about working in the church and I'm telling you I'm not one of those people who has that privilege of hearing an audible voice from God it just doesn't happen to me okay I'm I'm not it just doesn't happen I primarily hear from God through the word and I can't handle most of that most of the time but I really felt in my spirit I think the Lord just said shut up David because that's how he speaks to me when he wants my attention And in my spirit, again, I heard the fields are ripe for harvest. And I proceeded to go to work every day for the next three years, and I never saw those people the same way ever again. And that was some of the richest, most fulfilling ministry I've ever known. Doing life with them, being among them loving them and praying that God that God would love them through me we are ambassadors for Christ you know I uh, was stationed in Georgia for the last three years and and one night my wife and I go out to dinner there wasn't much I mean I lived in just south of Macon, Georgia. It's, they call it Middle Georgia. It's the south. And there wasn't much in this community. It's a very large Air Force Base where I was stationed. I mean, that's the whole community. Um, so we went out to dinner to the Outback, and it was packed, so there was no seats. And um, some, um, the service said, there's some seats at the bar. So we went and we sat at the bar while we waited for our table. and. Um, the bartenders, you know, were serving us and um, the crowd wasn't leaving, so I just looked at Leanne and she looked at me and said, let's have dinner here at the bar. And then we just started doing that every week for the next three years. and Intentionally sitting at the bar with all the service, so after a while, we're regulars at the bar. It was awesome. It was great and you know I mean they knew who I was a chaplain I'd make them nervous at first I don't know why we make them nervous I don't know what that's about and they start watching their language around me and all that and I just tell them guys you just need to relax man okay just relax and after you start doing life there every week and sometimes twice a week they start opening up their lives, start telling their story, sharing their pain. When I was leaving to go back to Kansas City, I, had, and I, I was promoted and had a little promotion party, and I invited our friends from the outback. Those that would come with us, you know, that would be at the bar and those behind the bar And I had it in the middle of the week because I knew the bartenders couldn't come if it was on the weekend Because they got to work And they came And they told my wife and I, they said, you know, we get invitations like this all the time You're the first time we've ever come They said, we love you guys and one guy, he's not a church going guy, and he says to me, So, Dave, what are you like? Uh, what are you like, a minister? He doesn't know the language, you know what I mean? No background in God's way. Are you with me? I said, Yeah. He said, So, do you like, uh, you like do services around here? I said, No, man, I don't. He said, Man, that's too bad, because I'd come to your church. We are ambassadors for Christ. And so Paul said, Here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Jesus Christ. Our task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through followers of Jesus like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. All this, he says, is proceeding along lines planned all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus and when we trust in Him we're free to say whatever needs to be said bold to go wherever we need to go which I know you're tempted to say where no man has ever gone before right? (laughs) That's Eugene's translation I couldn't let it go it's awesome. So as the prophet Isaiah said Arise, church, and let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you and, dare I suggest, through you. So it seems to me it's up to you. What are we going to do, church? Amen. Let's stand. We'll sing in response.
0: And go in the life in the light of the power of the one who makes that possible. Go in his peace. We're dismissed.